You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach all over the internet because I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. Um, and if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality TV tea, give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Get ready because today we're breaking down the best and the worst of Housewives in 2020. I feel like 2020 has just been like a worst year, like in general, but we're going to try to find the best and the worst in Housewives world. And so I have an Instagrammer that serves lots of LOLs just as much as he serves some good selfies with a side of tea. Please welcome back on hashtag no filter with Zach Peter, Steve, the face behind faces by Bravo. Hey, Zach. How are you? It's like our one year anniversary since you were last on the show. I know. Um, I'm still reeling from last night's Potomac, to be honest. So the binder? The binder did not disappoint. I mean, she came and she came ready. When I heard Giselle was going to be like in the hot seat, I didn't realize they were going to come for her like right out the gate with just all the receipts. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like she literally came at her so early on in the reunion. I I can't help but think... Giselle is going to be like shook for the rest of the filming. Like she's not going to be, she's going to be rattled her top tier. Yeah. Well, because if you think about it, going into the reunion, we thought Monique and Karen were, were going to be in the hot seat, which I've said on the show. And I'm still so confused how Karen became the villain in all of this. Like I was like, where, like how, what, like how did that happen? Were you shocked I, to see the finale? Um. So for me, I was always saying that, as the season went on, I was like, everyone thinks that Candace and Monique are going to have the hardest reunion. But in my opinion, it was always going to be Giselle because Giselle is that bitch who is meddling in everybody else's stuff. Meanwhile, she has all these skeletons in her own closet that it's almost like a deflection to try and keep her own stuff from coming out. But that's the thing is you don't want to be rallying everybody else up whenever you have all that in your closet because something's bound to come crawling out. Eventually, the tables are going to turn, which we've now seen. I'm surprised she didn't really get any heat throughout the season. But the reunion, the girls came and they were ready for her. Mm-hmm. And that binder did bind her. That's for sure. Do you think that her um, business... That is no longer in existence. Do you think that is coming back? Because Karen really blasted Hell her. No, it. absolutely. I didn't even not. know it was like a real thing. So it was, and that's that's why Giselle used to like always come for Karen's businesses because she was like, "I have every hue. I'm in Target. All this stuff." But that's what actually surprised me about this season: why she was coming so hard for Karen's business, knowing that her own is in trouble. I think you're right, though. She's good. She's like the queen of deflection where she's going to try to keep the heat off herself by throwing it elsewhere. When if she just learns, like if I just sit here and don't come for other people, they have no reason to drag me. I feel like she has this false confidence that, well, even if they do come for me, you know, like production won't let this happen. Like I'm the face of Potomac and, you know, I think she has this false belief that she's untouchable when in reality, 
they 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 uh they took her to church last night. Let's, <laughs> what let's did just you, say that? What did you think of um Dr. Wendy and her four degrees calling her out for what was it, pretty girl syndrome? Oh, it was beautiful. That was actually all of this was so poetic, that scene, because it was Giselle liked to say, Oh, it's I didn't think anything of like Karen coming for my fashion because it was Karen. When in reality, all of America is coming for her faction and it had nothing to do with Karen calling it out. We lived for Karen's reads about it, but we all are in agreement that Giselle does not have fashion sense. And all of the ladies took their turns like reading her for it. And I don't think she expected that. Like I think she was, I thought she was really caught off guard, but she did handle it. I will say she did a good job. Taking yeah. the heat. I don't that. think she expected to be the heat of it at all. I thought she thought I thought she thought she was gonna come in and be like, boom, Monique, boom, Ashley, boom, Karen. And she was just gonna mm-hmm. kind of sit there as she stirred the pot. And we're finding out that she's really mm-hmm. in the hot seat. What are you thinking of OC right now? Are you loving it? Are you hating it? I feel like people have so many mixed feelings about this season. I'm actually liking it. <laughs> I agree. I I'm did not expect to. I did not expect to like it because I was like, I don't want to watch them relive co- like the shutdown. I was like, I don't like I, PTSD. I'm having flashbacks. I don't want to relive this. But I actually think the way that the story's playing out, the way that they edited quarantine life and they really just condensed it into one episode because i was like oh are we gonna get like three episodes of them living in this and but they are they're really moving through at a good pace Mm -hmm. yeah i surprisingly am liking this season i really came in to watching this i was like all right i'm gonna watch for bronwyn because you know i want to support her and i i love that she's putting a face to um you know alcoholism and the struggles that she's going through but I did not fully expect to actually enjoy watching the season. <laughs> it's actually a good season. It's actually a good season, in my opinion. It's better than I think last season. Um, I think it's better than 12 and 13. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no, sorry. Yeah, no, 12 and 13. 14, I thought was good last season. I just think there were some, I think they were on the right track last season, but just didn't fully get where I wanted them to go. Do you think we're going to see Tamara come back? Yes. 1000%. Yeah. And I'm living for it because y'all know I am a Tamara fan. I love Tamara. And I think what OC did wrong the past two seasons, last season, she should, they should have cleaned house to begin with, kept Tamara at the time. I would have said, kept Kelly kept or keep uh, Bronwyn and then give us a whole fresh cast. But, um, and this season, I think what they did wrong was they kept the wrong Amiga and Shannon should not have been kept. I think Tamara was the one to keep, but they're learning that. And I think it's strategic, you know, they have literally, I want to say Tamara has probably been in how many episodes have we had now? Nine, 11, probably or 11. She's probably been mentioned in at least like eight or nine of them. Do you think we'll see Shannon go? What's up? Do you think we'll see Shannon go? Um, I think we're going to get a big like shakeup next season. I feel like they, I, and I hope so because I think they've productions known that they needed to do something for a while and they just haven't bit the bullet and did like a clean house type moment, like New York season five. 
And I think that's what truly what they really need because this cast just isn't working. Yeah. And I think Shannon, I think there's a chance that she could stay because of the feud with Tamra currently, but I'm not interested in that feud Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, But I also could see her going because I'm sure she is expensive. Um, And if Tamra's coming back. And I don't think she brings anything new. I think her storyline has truly played out. And I don't think her, her shtick isn't that funny anymore. I mean, it's, it's quintessentially Shannon, but it's not something that is like bringing so much to the show that we need it. I agree. So why don't we break down the seasons we got this year? And what would you say are your top three seasons of the franchises we had this year? So we had Dallas, New Jersey, Atlanta, Beverly Hills, New York, Potomac, OC, and now Salt Lake City. So which of those franchises this year would you rank in your top three? And this is in no particular order. This is just my top three. I would say is or Potomac, put them in Salt- your order. Oh, put, put them, them in, in one. Yeah, put them okay. in one, two, three. I will say, um, I will say, oh, um, Salt Lake City. Wow, is, is number third. one. Oh, is your third? Okay. My number two would be New Jersey, and my number one would be Potomac. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think mine um, would be number one would be Beverly Hills, which I know is a really hot take. Number two would be Potomac and number three, I would put New Jersey. I loved Beverly Hills this season. So it not being in my top, I Denise, like I was really frustrated by Denise yeah. this season. Like, but ha- like, I thought it was a phenomenal season. I thought it was amazing how they broke down that fourth wall. Um, I thought they did great. Um, but I will say like Salt Lake City is giving me this new energy that I needed from 2020. Like this is a whole, like this is an uncomparable franchise to any of the other ones. I think it has its own brand. I'm curious to see what it was originally going to be because they had already edited a lot of it and it was supposed to come out earlier in the year. And then they decided they're just going to completely scrap it, re put it all back together with a new production company. And what we're seeing is it's really good. We have fashion, we have money, we have Cuckoo Mary that like makes me cringe at night. I have nightmares about Mary and her grandfather. Um, It's so good though. (laughs) Well, that's a fun fact. Um, I believe in the original cut, Mary was a friend. She was not full time. The new, like, when they put it back all together, the new production company bumped her back up to full time, I believe. Because it's the New York production company, right? Yeah, Shed Media. Yeah. And see, they understand the importance of like that mm-hmm. comic relief and that kookiness and how you need like a little Sonia Kim Richards to kind of stir the pot. Exactly. And the people that like don't see Mary's character for what it is for the show they're missing out on so much fun of housewives like that to me is a perfect housewife she's not gonna be like the star is like you aspire to be this woman (laughs) by any means but she adds just so much to the show in her own kooky way and it's she's everything to me who do you think the star of the show is and who do you think the star of the show will be by the end of the season I will say 
See, I love this cast so much. I think all of them play their role. Like they were literally the perfect cast. They all have a piece of the puzzle. And it's not like any of them when they're in the villain seat. I don't feel like any of them are such a villain that they're unlikable. So I think right now, I think Heather Gay is getting the star as being like relatable to everybody. Like everyone, like you watch her and you're like, oh my God, like I can relate to this person. And you often don't relate to housewives that much. I feel like she's just seems like a normal down to earth person. Um, Whitney, I think is coming across incredible. She, to me, before when I watched the trailer, I even said that the only person I can't figure out is Whitney based on the trailer, just because I, I didn't know what was going on in her, for her storyline. And to me, she is just bringing it. And Mary is my star because I, I want all of the episodes to be centered around her. She just intrigues me. I find her hysterical and she is just incredible TV. See, I, I think, think, Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, Meredith also surprised me with mm-hmm. like in the early episode, I didn't feel like she was going to open up so much. And I feel like she has opened up more than I expected. I'm obsessed with her family. I love her voice. She just seems like very monotone. And I live for that. Lisa Barlow shocked me in the sense that I feel like she has this little naive type personality that I didn't expect from her. Um, And I think she felt like she was going to be like the full on star, but I feel like she's kind of more in the backseat. Like she's hysterical and I love her on the show, but I don't think she's going to be the star. And then Jen Shaw, she's doing the most. I mean, she is doing, I think this last luncheon showed why she's doing so much. I think opening up about her family and her dad really shows that she's like going through a lot and maybe, and I think she's lonely. I agree. So I think Jen is the star. I think Heather will soon take the crown. I think Whitney is going to be the underrated one that will eventually come to the forefront. I thought Lisa Barlow was going to be the star based off of the first episode, and I'm actually underwhelmed by her. She's cute, but I'm completely underwhelmed by her, and I don't like Meredith at all. I think she's so boring, and she's not going to last very long. I love her. I I think it's mostly her monotone voice, that the way she speaks, and then I love Brooks. I think he's great. great. Um, I think he's so funny and it's great to have, like, I don't know why people were coming so hard at the beginning for him because they were like, oh, he just seems like a spoiled brat, like all this stuff. I'm like, we have always had kids involved on the shows. This is not brand new. And I think he adds something different. Yeah, I think he's a fun, I think he gives Meredith more depth and relatability than she would have done with just her and her husband. I, her husband's kind of not, he's not my type. Oh, I think he's so cute. But like, I go back and forth with him as far as like, does he have best the best interest of her and her family? Or is he yeah. actually like super self-centered and solely thinking of himself? You know what I mean? Like, you can tell he like loves her, like the cry part at the end. I felt like that was 
I mean, I've never seen a house husband do that yeah. on camera. That was impressive. But then at the same time, the car ride was so cringy to me because he was literally like, you need to uproot your life essentially and do what I want to do. And she's like, um, been there, done that. Exactly. Like I cannot, I mean, I think that's honestly where their marriage probably took the turn was when you do not pay enough, pay enough attention to your own marriage and your focus more on your kids and your businesses, you naturally grow apart. Mm -hmm. And like, I, as much as like when I'm watching them, I would like, I want them to work it out at the same time. If they've grown apart already, there's not much you can really do to save it. Yeah. I think it's done. I think reality TV, as we're seeing with like Erica Jane right now, like once the woman kind of comes to the forefront, has her own sort of, you know, celebrity and income and financial security and emotional security that once the husband was able to provide, but that maybe she's now able to gain from having a fan base. I think they, you know, are like, I really don't need to be stuck in this marriage anymore. And I think we're seeing Meredith kind of go through that transition. Let's talk Jersey. What did you, because it was in your top three. It's in my top three. It was a great season of Jersey. Phenomenal. The the pony pool, the the Danielle of all of it, the Teresa, the fourth wall, the, the finale was great. Phenomenal season. These girls have had an incredible past two seasons. They've really redeemed themselves as far as, um, you know, I think people sort of fell off the wagon with, Jersey because you know there was that long hiatus while Tree was gone then season six didn't really do it for a lot of people with the twins yeah that was not a great season even Dina didn't perform so I will say I rewatched season six like a week or two ago it's actually really good and I've always said that it's not as bad as everyone remembers it to be but I actually have to go on record and say I actually really liked it when I rewatched it and I think like you said, it was, we had such a long break and we lost Jacqueline and Kathy and there was just a dynamic that we had for what was, and and Caroline, that we, there was that dynamic that we had for like that three or four seasons that really was like, we followed that storyline and that group of women that to shake up the cast so much to introduce these newbies after such a long hiatus I think the expectation was really high and if I go back and watch it I probably wouldn't disagree with you but I still remember it as being a terrible season even with Dina because I remember her being so boring well that's the thing and I feel like Dina I, I love Dina as far as like being on the show I like her as a friend I've only ever seen Dina as a friend of the housewives, even while she's been a main cast member, she never delivers enough as a cast, as a full-time cast member, in my opinion. She's great in confessionals. She's great to come in every once in a while, but I didn't think, I think she gets way too much credit as being like this incredible housewife. Um, But as, as they've gone on, like season seven was like, okay. And then when Margaret joined, I saw some hope of Jersey swinging around and then the additions of Jennifer and Jackie. So good. The game. They brought them back to incredible Jersey. I love Jennifer and Jackie. I think they really did give new life to the show with March, like the cast that they have now. I'm curious to see how the new girl is going to fit in, but the cast that we have now is good. So the new girl is going to be a friend 
And then um, they also, Marge's assistant, Lexi, is going to be, she's upgraded her role too, I think, to more of a friend role. So we have those two in the mix this season to look forward to, which is exciting. I think she, Lexi stepped up more once Jackie did not go on that Lake George trip. Oh, yeah. So she kind of filled like the gap. And then I think they liked it and we'll see more of her this season. Um, I think Jennifer Aiden is the blueprint of a housewife. So I think good. she is the perfect housewife. And I say this all the time because she gives us over the top drama. She's rich as hell. Um, she's got like the tacky decor that I live for and she's a villain, but then she redeems herself in her personal storylines. Like I, and I love a housewife that throws cutlery or glassware. Like I need that once a season. <laughs> She is really good and she's funny and she, I mean, I think she had a moment where she became a little unlikable off the show when she would do like watch what happens live and she had a big ego and she was fighting with Bethany. I was like, tone it down because we like you and we don't want to dislike you, but she really is a great addition. Do you think Jackie is at risk of not coming back because of the fact that she was refusing to film this past season? Um, I think after the, I mean, I have to see how the season goes, but I think after this season, just looking ahead, I do feel like there needs to be some sort of change. Usually, you can't usually sustain a Housewives uh, franchise with the same cast this many seasons and expect like that many phenomenal seasons. Um, There needs to be something different. And I do feel like it would be hard to add like Jersey. I don't think's ever had how many do they have now set six, seven housewives. I think they have six, six. They, I don't think they would add another housewife. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's not like, I don't and you even, see I don't when they add they too many. The yeah. I think when mm-hmm. you see that they add too many, it's a, you lose storyline and then you get like really trimmed down pieces and it just doesn't, mm-hmm. I think it it's better when you have a smaller cast. But I do love Jackie. So I I feel like based on what's come out in the blogs, the word on the street, I guess, it seems like Teresa, the reason why she stopped filming with Teresa's, the rumor she brought up, Teresa's going to look really bad with this. Mm. Because of how apparently yeah. it'll be interesting to see what plays out. I mean, I would sleep with Evan. I would do it for the show. Oh my God. Yes. I would do it for the show so that Jackie has a storyline to stay on the show. He can (laughs) Michael Darby me any day. He is so hot and she knows it too. I loved like a couple of weeks ago. She was like, I'm trying to raise money for this charity. So I'm going to try and get all of your attention. She like has her selfie mode on and she turns and Evan's in the background like working out on their weight machine shirtless. And she's like, this is my way of getting your attention. (laughs) Okay. So we gave our top three. What would you say is the one franchise that needed the most improvement after this year? Ooh. Um, so I mean, I have to say, can I say a couple of them and explain why? Yeah. Okay. So Dallas season four for me was so dark. I rarely can like not watch a housewives episode, like when it airs or like right after it airs. Um, I took a little break from Dallas and didn't watch it as it was airing because I just felt it was not 
what I signed up for. <laughs> I, that's not what I wanted. Um, Cameron and Stephanie, they gave me life. Um, I love Cameron. I think Cameron Westcott gets way too much heat. I think people need to appreciate her as a caricature of herself that is just so great. Um, but I feel like watching the trailer for this season, they did do some changes that I, I'm excited to watch them. It looks like a lot of comedy. I'm excited to see Tiffany Moon. Yeah, I think they realized after last season, which I'll be honest, I didn't watch. I just saw clips and followed it in the news. Um, but I think they realized it was a very heavy season. And like, we need to twist this up and make it a lot lighter and fun. And I think we saw a lot of Tiffany Moon in the trailer, which I was surprised so for a stoked. newbie. Yeah, no, I literally, I posted that. I was like, I don't think we've ever seen a, a newbie like, dominate a trailer like that which says a lot about what she's bringing yeah yeah um so that's my take on dallas um atlanta for me fell flat um last season it was i don't know if part of it was because it was so drawn out because of like quarantine and well not quarantine but like they they wanted to you know like the reunion they weren't sure how they were going to do it i think they wanted to space things out so they could figure out what their game plan for things were but um i felt like that was the longest season with the littlest amount of content Mm. um like nini gave me life in greece but the episodes leading up to it were pretty flat And then at the beginning, it was great when they were like in Toronto or in Canada, wherever they were in Canada. That was great. But that in between was just a bunch of filler that I don't remember it really being satisfying. And I don't think I think Nini was such a fan favorite and she came up. She's come off very unlikable. Mm -hmm. I think she has the classic OG itis. Yeah. Right now. It's like. Yes, Nini, we, you started the show and we loved you. You were the face of Atlanta. But the problem is you're no longer the Nini that we fell in love yeah. with on the show. And that's okay. Like if you've grown in a certain way and that's no longer you, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you deserve to still be on the show. Because if you're not bringing something to the show that's really incredible, and if you're almost putting a damper or holding them back, you're no longer the reason I'm watching. I've, if anything, Portia is the face of the show to me now. Yeah, and I really like this new Portia, or not new Portia, but I really like the Portia that we're getting. And um, she's really not just within the show, own. but like outside of the show, she's really become very influential with more than just the Housewives franchise. You know, people outside know. of that are seeing her, they're recognizing her, they're, you know, she's very culturally relevant right now. Yes, and I think she really she figured out herself and she is confident in herself that maybe she wasn't as confident earlier on in the season in earlier seasons. She has come into her own and she is taking over Atlanta as the HBIC and she deserves every bit of it. She but sure I does. also I didn't watch last night's episode yet. I'm going to watch that um probably after we're done. But I think Atlanta probably did take necessary steps to fix with bringing on LaToya and Drew. I am bummed that LaToya wasn't able to be full time. I would have loved to see a tagline. Um, she quits I at the end, feel- though, doesn't she? Or no, no, no. no. Who's the one that quits at the end with the stripper? Tanya. Tanya, yes. 
Mm-hmm. I think we get a lot of friend energy this season, which is exciting. Atlanta has the best friends. Like we get, we're going to get a lot of Shamia. We're going to get Tanya. We're going to get Marla. We're going to get Latoya. You know, um, Fallon is an, a, one we'll meet halfway through the season. Um, she looks incredible. I feel like she's going to be, she's going to be like the, um, oh, sorry. Sorry, I was scratching my lip. Oh, I thought you were telling me to get closer to the mic. My bad. Um, Fallon is like gorgeous, stunning, um, super rich. Someone compared her to like a Heather, I think it was Peach Report Daily, the Heather Dubrow of Atlanta. So I'm excited to meet her. I think it's going to be a good season of Atlanta. And the fact that we see, we saw like them really tease the stripper gate thing in the trailer, like, I think we're really gonna, we're gonna feel like our peaches got gobbled by the end of it. Amen. I mean, Christian Gray Snow, um, do you, I'm assuming you probably follow him on Instagram, right? I don't. Who's Christian Gray Oh, Snow? you have to follow him. Um, he posted, like, right when the trailer came out, if you zoom in on the, the part of the trailer, you can actually see somebody is about to get their box eaten <laughs> in, like, a shadow. And I did not notice that, but he zoomed in and it's literally a shadow of the stripper and some girl like on her back, knees up. It's, it's. I'm ready for all of it. I think, so were those the only two you thought needed improvement? Um, oh, OC. We've already talked about OC, what they, I feel like they need to clean house and that'll help. And then. Roni, I liked Roni last season. It really? was. I thought like, it was like their worst season in a while. That's what a lot of people say. And I, I kind of agree in the sense that there was no direction. But I think that's the one Housewives franchise I'm okay with no direction. Because they make me laugh so much. But um, I think it was Jeff. Jeff Epstein. He was saying they need somebody like a Bethany or a Heather Thompson yeah. guiding the ship. And I agree with that. And I wish Heather Thompson was coming back full time. But I think this season, it will be interesting to see the new direction. I hope it's a good direction. I mean, I feel like we have some fresh blood. It's a younger cast that's coming in that I think will give the show new life. I feel like Ramona, Sonia and Luann, their time is slowly coming to an end. I think even Ramona, the fact that Ramona is out there doing real estate, I'm like, she knows the writing is on the wall and her time is ticking and she's going to pimp out her real estate now because she's probably not going to come back for the season following and she's just going to have to start her her new beginning again. I have to know, you know, she's working for Douglas Elliman. I wonder if she sees Lori Cooper Realtor. Because they, Lori she also Koopa. works for him. Yeah, I love Lori's little Instagram. Her hair, her makeup, like everything, just like it gives me life. Lori gives me life. I love her. Yeah, I think Real Housewives of New York for me just, it didn't, I loved it so much. It was like in my top two with Beverly Hills that for me, it just didn't. It didn't do it. There was no anchor. I thought Leah was a little unhinged at times. I thought she was great, but then there were points where I was like a little, I found her a little obnoxious. And I just think, I don't know. From I think it's fair for them to have a, a, a B season after all of the stellar seasons we've gotten in the past. But mm-hmm. I think- with, I mean, go oh, ahead. sorry, go ahead. I think without Bethany, it just, it was, 
I think it shocked the production and the cast that they just didn't know how to find their footing after that. We also have to remember the the main editor of Roni passed away this year mm. that was behind the magic of Roni. And yeah. I always knew how to put the story together. And that might have played a role. I mean, yeah. who knows? I mean, it was everyone knew it was like his touch to make Roni as incredible as it was. Um, so I'm sure that played a role. And then I agree with you with Leah. Love Leah. Don't love Leah. All the Leah stands don't come for me. I do think people are like over inflating her a little bit. Like yeah. she was a great housewife. Do not get me wrong. But I don't think she did anything like out of this world that was like, she's one of the greatest housewives of all time. And I feel like she's getting sort of that reputation of like, yeah. she was the best addition. And it's like, she was great, but I don't think she did anything super iconic. That and she's no Jennifer her. Aiden. Like right. Jennifer yeah, was yeah. able to bring heat and comic relief and, and the glam and the lifestyle of luxury. Like Jennifer brought mm. so many different elements that made her a full rounded housewife that we also, mm. I think takes time to see. I don't think yeah. you can ever really give somebody the crown after one season. You need at least a good two to three seasons to really see. Like the perfect example for me is Dorit. I oh, loved wow. Dorit since day one, Same. but it took everybody a while to like her because they hated her. And mm -hmm. now they see her for the full 360 that she is. And I'm like, I love this bitch since day one. It's been a wonderful year for Dorit Sands. Finally. Have, I like, there's, there was so few of us that are day one Dorit Sands. And it was a year for us. We got to watch our girl shine and she deserved it. Yeah, we can finally put the Doritos jokes to bed for a <laughs> minute. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. They dragged her and she took it like a champ. And she came back every season and held her chin up and did her thing. And no matter what, she just kept going through until... And I'm glad they didn't fire her because she really was unlikable at the beginning for a lot of people. Which was so crazy to me. Like, again, you and I saw something in her that was different. But to me, she was just, she was perfect. She was just so perfect to me. She but really was. I'm glad that she is getting her, her, uh, her moment. Yes. And I hope, I'm excited for next season, to be honest. I am. Everything that I've heard so far, I'm very excited. I'm excited that we get a little Kathy Hilton. I'm excited oh, for yeah. Crystal. I think Crystal is going to be a great addition from what I've seen so far, from what I've seen and heard. I'm really excited about Crystal. You know what shook me was when Crystal and Kathy, when they were on that mini cast trip and they did that clip for Bravo, like talking about, you know, how things are going. Kathy gave me big Kim Richards energy yeah. versus like this very stoic, like um, cold, like statuesque type presence. Like I did not expect her to be sort of kooky like Kim. And I lived for it. I, that gives me so much more excitement for Kathy. Yeah, because the, what we've gotten from Kathy in the past, we didn't really get to see much of a personality to her. 
Like maybe she right. was a little funny, but like I don't think we ever really got to see her let the guard down. And it feels like they were comfortable on the cast trip. And I also love how Kathy's like, everything's been so far so good this season. And then Chris was like, um, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. I want to know. Yeah, I am so curious how this is all going to go down because. And then we have Erica's Beverly divorce. Hills is, oh, sorry. And oh, the, yeah, and we have divorce. Erica's divorce. I mean, this is slowly becoming like Teresa Joe Judice 2.0, like, mm-hmm. but the West Coast, mm-hmm. sort of. But it'll be interesting to see how it's handled. Because again, since it is, you know, legal, she can't really talk about it. So. No, but I think we're going to get some really good, like, I'm hurting moment. I think we're going to see the human side of Erica, which we didn't really get to see. We would get clips of it, like of her snapping in Tokyo and like these moments where, you know, she would still kind of contain it. But from what right. I hear, like it's gotten so far out of control. And I'm I think a lot of it blindsided her. I don't think she totally. was. I don't think she realized how bad of a, of a financial situation she was in with Tom, and that's all going to play out. And we're going to see a real human emotional side of Erica. Yeah, I mean, and the, you saying that right there just gave me flashbacks to Teresa. Like, yeah, Teresa had no clue. In my opinion, I mean, I I think she was just signing whatever. She had no clue. Joe will handle everything. Joe does this. Joe does that. And I'm wondering if this is going to be a similar situation. I think it is. And I think people will hopefully like Erica after it and realize like, because I think so many people wanted to get her off the show after last season because they're like, she doesn't bring anything. She's cold. She's icy, whatever. I'm trying to be careful of calling them names because I keep getting quoted in the blogs. And then I, I woke up this <laughs> yeah, morning. You, you- I woke up this morning and and read quotes in another blog this morning where I called Erica an icy bitch. And I was like, don't quote me saying that. (laughs) It was like a flippant comment. And I wasn't even on my podcast. I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. So now I have to be like very, like not too careful because I'm still me. But like, I don't want to be quoted as calling a housewife a bitch anymore and get into any more feuds with them. But you I got think in the hot seat with Kim and Brandy, too. Kim and Brandy, <laughs> Teddy Mellencamp last week. Oh my God, it's been a it's, girl. <laughs> oh. Brandy, you're on their lips, girl. It's I okay. know, I know. Seriously, but I'm excited for Beverly Hills. So let's move into who you would give your MVP award of 2020 from all the housewives that we've had. I almost want to give it to Brandy, to be honest with you. Brandy Glanville? Brandy Glanville, which I know. I want to give it to Dorit because I love Dorit and I feel like it's it's her moment. But I also kind of want to give it to Brandy because I feel like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was so stale for so long that she really came and like brought a big bombshell. I mean, even though she's had some very colorful names for me lately, I feel like, I don't know, I still really love Brandy. I think she delivers so much. Here's my critique of Brandy for this year. I think she really did herself a disservice because I think what she needed to do was come in, stir some shit up, but her releasing this, her and Denise hookup thing this season was really dumb. She should have saved that for season 11 when she would have probably been Been a full time. Yeah. I think they got what she they wanted from her, like something to, you know, spice up the season. 
And it ended up coming off really shitty because it was delivered to Denise via Teddy in Rome. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I think she did herself a disservice. I, again, like, I don't think it was like Brandy should be able to speak her truth. And I supported that. Like Denise handled it all wrong. She yeah. should have either said, you know, my sex life's none of your business or she could have lied and said it wasn't true and just moved on. But Brandy, I really wish she would have waited until getting hopefully upgraded because she, she was building the relationships. She had Kyle in her court. She had Kim in her court. She had, mm-hmm. I mean, even Lisa Rinna had said that she had apologized. They had made amends. She had Teddy in her court. Like she was building totally. the relationships with them. The only one that didn't really like her was Dorit, but it was because I think and they had and Garcelle, but I don't think Garcelle ever really got to know Brandy and it, Garcelle only didn't like Brandy in defense of Denise and oh. Dorit, I think had a bad, first interaction with Brandy at Kyle's party that I think that set the tone off. But even then, I wouldn't have hated that. Like, my two favorite Beverly Hills girls going at each other, Dorit and Brandy, would have been a great showdown. But I think you're right. She should have rebuilt the relationships. And then, this is why when everyone kept saying, oh, Brandy's so calculated and she released this information on purpose because she was trying to get back on the show. She, like you said, if she really was calculated and wanted to get back on the show, she would have done it the way we just worked it out for her right now instead of handling mm-hmm. it the way she did where she obviously like wasn't yeah. in Rome and we never got a Denise versus Brandy face-to-face moment. Right. I'm going to have to say my MVP of 2020, LaDom Karen Huger. She's she, great. She's everything. She, to me, is just why Potomac... Well, actually, the whole ensemble of Potomac's amazing. But Karen is so damn funny. She has, she brings the shade. She brings the comedy. She, she just is so over the top and she lightens that show for me so much. Like she can, the girls are never, no one I feel like can compare to Karen Huger. She is on a threshold to me. She has entered my top three housewives of all time. And it feels weird saying that because of Potomac, you know, only having five seasons, but I I've reconciled with it and decided, fuck that. She has had so many good seasons and delivered so many incredible moments and lines and looks. She is everything to me. And she was a star this season. This season, she really shined. I'll be honest. This is the first time I ever watched Potomac. 2020 introduced me to everyone's like, stop sleeping on Potomac. Stop sleeping. And I know I get it. I get it. I said that on. Oh, wait. I think I said that a year ago. Probably. You you probably said that to me (laughs) last year. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, everyone kept saying, stop sleeping on Potomac. I mean, even OC, I didn't really watch OC until 20, like this was the first year I really watched. I, I saw the clips in the reunion last season because I wanted to see Vicky go apeshit, which she did and it was great. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like this... Karen is a great how that ensemble, the show, the season, the, the dynamics between the women, I could do without Robin. Let's be real. I can do without Robin. But other than that, she had her best season yet. Well, see, but I, okay. But I'm new coming into this. Oh, that's right. Oh, did you not watch like the earlier? I haven't watched the earlier seasons. Oh, I'm so jealous of you. Like literally watching Potomac for the first time. Ugh, it's, it'll be great. You need to go back and watch. Okay. 
I'll go back. I will say, I think season four was better than season five. I think really things got a little. Oh, because that was the Michael Darby scandal. mm -hmm. I will say, I think four overall was a better season. Five, I think it had all the ingredients except the ice out and the darkness of the fight, I think, and the um, filing charges and all of that. I think that kind of took away from the iconicness of the season. What did you think of the clip we saw at this reunion with Michael Darby grabbing somebody's butt in the background? Was it a producer? It was. And so when this went viral a long time ago, I also was like questioning why it was going viral again, because for those that have watched the early seasons, this was already addressed like during that season. Yeah. Like that was like a big thing in season one was Michael grabs, um, she, I think he grabbed Katie's fiance's or like boyfriend's butt. And they had a big discussion about it being like gay. Is he gay? Is he not gay? Is it Australian? Is it a white person thing? Like all of this. And so I wasn't um, as shocked, but I think a lot of people didn't watch season one. So do you think that he has a crush on Juan? That's what a lot of people are suspecting. I don't think it's a crush on Juan more of, I feel like Michael, Michael's idea of his relationship with Juan is different than what Juan's idea of his relationship with Michael is. I think Michael wants to be part of the boys and like have this close, like best friend relationship with him. And I think Juan like sees him as a friend and he's cool, but not like this super close relationship that Michael has in his head. And you don't, I don't think he has a crush on him. Do you think Michael's gay or at least bi? Or... I don't think so. Okay. I don't get that vibe. I <laughs> the that finale though. I mean, they really like played that up. I mean, he, he. I mean, I feel like shot himself in the foot a few times with it. I don't think he is. I I know that people love saying this, and I, I just I don't see it. But I don't know. That would be kind of great if he did have a crush on Juan and that was like this Ashley versus Robin sort of climax. Right. I'm curious. Like, I don't, I wonder if Darby came to the reunion because, you know, some of the husbands oh, yeah. did show up. I don't think he I came. wonder if he did. And I wonder, I don't think Juan did either. No, I know the two, Monique and Candace's husbands did come. Mm-hmm. Giselle doesn't have anybody to bring. <laughs> And I wonder, I'm sure Ray came. Ray came. Yeah, I'm sure Ray came. I think I love Ray Huger. Yes. Karen's bubble bath moment. Oh my God. That made me cringe, but like in the best way. It was so good. And Ray literally going two miles per hour up the stairs. They love to focus on him, like taking his good old time to get up there. And she's like, Ray, Ray. And he's like, not responding to her. (laughs) okay to close it up who do you think we need to put a wrap on who do you think after all of their time on the show and especially this year who do we need to say girl bye to i have two i'm i'm good on kelly dodd and i'm good on candace Mm, dillard yeah i think potomac was great without candace um my friend i I don't know if y'all follow pet shop boy brandon he said that this morning you know the show was great without candace It'll be still be great with without her if she 
doesn't come back. And I'm good with that too. I think she, there, there were moments I used to say she was a great housewife, but then I just think she's gotten to a point where she's just toxic and not like a fun to hate type housewife. She's just a hate. Yeah. And Kelly Dodd, while I appreciate, I don't want everybody with the same beliefs on the show because that's boring. But I think Kelly Dodd has gone in such a toxic way in so many, so many ways on her Instagram and everything. I just don't think if they're going to clean house, I feel like they can find somebody else to replace that role. To play that role. Yeah. I think with Kelly, it's more of like a she I feel like she's trying too hard to be controversial and it's Mm -hmm. pushing the boundary in a way that's just like like there's a way to push the boundary and to be the housewife that you love to hate but I feel like she loves to be hated and so Mm -hmm. she's really riding that to the point where it's like no now it's just like distasteful I have to say like I watch that watch what happens live with her that Bravo PR was so rehearsed. Like yeah. literally the Kelly jumped out as soon as she said, Bradwin's faking her alcoholism. Like that's the Kelly, the real Kelly. And then she said all this stuff about what she regrets. We, I regret this. I regret that. Two minutes later, she's no longer, you know, watch what happens live is over. She's back on Instagram spewing the same shit that she yeah. was apologizing for. And it's just like, girl, you didn't win anybody back at no. this point. Like, and if you were going to try and like redeem yourself, try and play the part at least. Yeah. But she hasn't. That's my opinion. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm curious to see what is going to happen with OC moving forward. Cause I think you're right. It's time for cleaning house. I kind of like Emily. I think I don't like Gina. I think we can definitely do without Gina, Gina and see, the hair extensions. Like, Oh, Gina's I hair extensions to... like make me cringe more than Kelly Dodd. That I mean, the hair extensions are rough. I have to say, I'm enjoying Gina this season. Really, <laughs> I did not last season, and this season, I don't know. I'm I've, I'm enjoying her for some reason. I do think both Emily and Gina will probably go. Yeah, I just I I feel like they've wrapped them up. I I think what's hard for Emily is she doesn't really have a storyline. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out what her storyline is. And she's been fine this episode. She would, this I season. think she would be a fun friend of. Exactly. If she really just, got along with the women and was able to, mm-hmm. and was willing to play that role, I think she would be a great friend of. I And whatever it would take to bring Lizzie back, if that means Emily, I want Lizzie back. Give uh, me Lizzie Rovsek. She was gone way too soon. Do you want to see Heather Dubrow come back? She could or she couldn't. I'm fine either way. I think Heather, I think people say that in order for OC to be good, they need Heather Dubrow back. And I don't think, I think she was value add, but I don't think she is what made the show. I think she elevated it in a certain way. But again, I think you can find that anywhere. How do you think Vicky and Tamara's relationship is going to play out now that Tamara is coming back to OC? I mean, I don't know if she's coming back. I, I just. I mean, think I think from back. what I've heard and from the rumblings, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's going to yeah. be back. I mean, it would just, it just makes sense. Like they, I feel like they're setting her up to come back with all these mentions of her this season. But, um, I think they'll be fine because I think this is where the difference will be with Shannon and them versus Tamara doing the show without Vicky. I feel like 
what they've been vocal about is like Shannon just like cut them off allegedly. Yeah. As soon as they weren't coming back, it was like, oh, I don't need you anymore kind of deal. Whereas I feel like Tamara will still maintain her friendship with Vicky, even though Vicky, there's no chance of Vicky coming back, in my opinion. No, um, nobody wants yeah. to see her back. Yeah. She really shot herself in the foot this last season. She totally like what she needed to do was like come in get build the relationships back a little bit like try not to be so egotistical and have be such a big-headed person and then maybe warm up to the viewers again and maybe she would have had an orange this year but she just went about it the wrong way yeah it was all ego i mean i think they all like treated Ju- judice just need to go to prison for a little bit and it'll humble <laughs> them cuz like teresa is not an ego like her i mean she, i think she plays it with the cast members is like i'm the head bitch but i think mm-hmm. with production she knows where her paycheck is coming from and she is respectful of that yes amen Amen. Well, thank you, Steve, for coming back on the show and chatting with me. Oh, I had a blast. That was everything. And I'm more than willing to come back anytime. I love it. And what is your Instagram handle so everyone can go and follow your very funny Instagram account? Um, at Faces by Bravo on Instagram. In my stories, I do a lot of polls. We'll do brackets. Currently, we're doing um, Best Real Housewives of Atlanta cast photo. Um, and then also if you get a chance and you like YouTube, go to YouTube and search, but now we said it, um, it's sort of like a view style show with four gays, (laughs) me, um, Malcolm, um, Anil and Jeff, and it's a lot of fun. We talk housewives and we all have very differing opinions. So we, you'll see a lot of clashing, a lot of laughs and it's a good time. Yes, but now we said it and at Faces by Bravo, go follow, subscribe on YouTube, go support Steve. He has a really, really funny Instagram account and the memes. Oh, I was wearing my my Jenny McCarthy Christmas sweater yesterday in honor of your meme with Whitney from Salt Lake City and them being oh, doppelgangers. Yes. <laughs> So go follow Steve at Faces by Isn't Bravo. Isn't wild? Oh, sorry. They're so similar. They look so that, much alike. That newest confessional, they look identical. I know. Well, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Don't forget to follow the show at No Filter with Zach. Again, follow at Faces by Bravo. But now we said it. It's like the Bravo view. Amen. You guys are great. Well, thank you again, Steve. I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. We do have one more Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's. We have one more very special housewife that's going to be coming on to celebrate Christmas with me next week. So get ready. She's got some really cute um, pigtails, if that says anything. All right, guys, I will talk to you guys. I'll talk to you next week and into the new year. All right. Bye. 